people will do just about anything for their dogs. We carry our dogs in purses and push them in baby strollers. We buy them special food and let them sleep in our beds. We dedicate entire social media accounts to dogs. We dress them up in silly costumes on Halloween, and we talk to them like they're our babies. Millennials aren't buying homes to start families. They're buying homes for their dogs. And when our dogs die, we grieve and post emotional photo collages to Facebook. That's because our dogs are an irreplaceable part of the family. Well, sort of. Barbara Streisand had her dog Samantha cloned. Send in the clones. Barbara Streisand reveals that two of her current dogs are actually clones. Streisand brought two dogs to life with Samantha's cell, Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet. That's right. For just $50,000, Barbara Streisand had her supposedly one-of-a-kind furry family member cloned. And you could, too. Hi, Jillian. Yeah, this is Ron. Ron Gillespie is the founder and owner of Perpetuate, a company that preserves the genetic information of dogs and cats so they can be cloned. He works closely with Viagen, the only pet cloning company in the U.S. right now. I called him to figure out how exactly you go about cloning man's best friend. And then the first dogs were finally cloned, I think, in 2007, and that was in Korea. And then the first dogs to be cloned in the States were cloned two years ago. So now we're cloning both dogs and cats in the States. According to Ron, you start by having a veterinarian biopsy a piece of your dog's skin, about the size of a pencil eraser, preferably while your dog is still alive. This process can be done up to five days after your pet has died, but only if he or she has been properly, uh, refrigerated. Uh, Most of the calls I get are from people who have lost their pet and they're desperate and they begin to search on the internet and they come across this. Um, And then they call me and unfortunately, very often that's too late. You send the skin samples to a lab like the one at Perpetuate. There, lab technicians will isolate a certain type of cell from the skin called fibroblast cells. Fibroblast cells are the most common cells in connective tissue and help wounds heal. Those cells go into a petri dish, and that petri dish gets popped into an incubator where scientists will grow a few million copies of the fibroblast cells from your dog's skin. And then we can go ahead and ship some of those cells off to the cloning company. To turn these cells with your dog's DNA into an actual living, breathing animal, the cloning company has to insert them into the eggs of another female dog. This is actually one of the hardest parts of dog cloning. The real challenge first is getting eggs from female dogs because unlike other species, dogs only come into heat once a year on average and you never know when that's going to happen. And they produce a very limited number of egg cells, no more than 20 usually per cycle. Each egg has a nucleus that holds all its original genetic information. So lab techs pull that nucleus out of each donor egg. They then swap it with DNA isolated from your dog's cultured fibroblast cells. Because the DNA from your dog came from skin cells, it is programmed to create more skin cells. But the properties of the egg change the DNA, winding back the clock so each strand is undifferentiated and can be used to grow any part of the animal. And once you do that, incredibly, you, you, you strike it with electricity. Yes, he said electricity. Just a little jolt and... And it begins to multiply. And after you have maybe up to 16 cells in that embryo, you then can transfer that embryo to a surrogate mother. The surrogate does not have to be the same breed as your dog, but it does need to be a similar size. And what we do on average is it will produce up to a dozen to maybe 15 of these embryos and transfer all of them to the surrogate mother. And uh, usually about half 
half of those will not attach to the uterus, the other half will, and those that attach to the uterus, again, some of those will drop off or not form fetuses, but maybe two or three will, and we'll end up with at least one clone, sometimes more than one. The main reason people clone their dogs, according to Ron, is because they believe that particular dog is truly special. They'll say it's the most incredible pet they ever had or ever saw, and that, um, you know, it understands them, it responds to the owner, it's it's the most intelligent pet they've ever had, it can do things that they've never seen dogs or cats do before. So they're all exceptional. You might be getting a genetic replica of your exceptional pet, but it's probably not going to be exactly the same. There are illusory aspects of it because of course most traits and certainly most behavioral psychological traits are at times affected by your genetics but very much also affected by your environment and experiences. That's Robert Klitzman. K-L-I-T-Z-M-A-N. He's the director of the Masters of Bioethics program at Columbia University. He's been thinking a lot about what it actually means to clone an animal. So identical twins are essentially clones. But I have younger sisters or identical twins. If you know any identical twins, they're, they're different. They may look alike, but if you know them well, you know they're different. It's hard to study personality in humans and even harder in animals, says Klitzman. But we know enough to know that what makes us, well, us, and our dogs, our best friends, is even more complicated than DNA. I thought it was interesting. On the Barbara Streisand issue, I read what she wrote in the New York Times, and I, the most interesting line was the last line of the piece, I thought, in which she says, quote, You can clone the look of a dog, but you can't clone the soul. And I think, to her credit, that's correct. I, of course, we don't know what the soul is, but what she's getting at, I think, is that there's something about the being that's not just the biology you're not getting the same dog in every sense. It's also a pretty inefficient process right now, which concerns bioethicists. Most embryos don't make it to be transferred into the womb. Most of the transfer into the womb don't lead to a live birth. Most of the live births or half the live births don't make it to be a, a healthy animal. So you have a lot of distress and costs on animals here. So it's not an entirely benign procedure, shall we say. So would you clone your dog? Putting aside the fact that not everyone has $50,000 to drop on dog cloning, I took this question to the best place I could think of, the dog park. Would you ever consider cloning your dog? Why or why not? You mean, okay, that means to create another dog like her? I would certainly think about it. I'm not going to say no. She's the perfect dog. No, because he's a lot to deal with in the apartment as it is. I guess, yeah. And, um because I like her personality. <laughs> it's so weird, but... That's a very interesting question. Um, no, I wouldn't, and probably mainly because there's already so many rescue dogs that need homes, and why would I clone or create artificially a dog when there's so many others that need to be taken care of? For Science Line, I'm Jillian Mock. Oh.